This is a passage uh, from a speech delivered by Frederick Douglass at the Metropolitan AME Church in Washington, D.C. on January 9th, 1894. Uh, the entire speech became a pamphlet uh, called Lessons of the Hour. This portion uh, reflects on the life and the work of abolitionist John and martyr John Brown. The difficulty in doing justice to the life and character of such a man is not altogether due to the quality of the zeal or of the ability brought to the work, nor yet to any imperfections in the quality of the man himself. The state of the moral atmosphere about us has much to do with it. Slavery is indeed gone, but its long black shadow yet falls broad and large over the face of the whole country. It is the old truth oft repeated, and never more fittily than now. A prophet is without honor in his own country and among his own people. We yet stand too near the days of slavery and the life and times of John Brown to see clearly the true martyr and hero that he was and rightly to estimate the value of the man and his works. Like the great and good of all ages, the men born in advance of their times, the men whose bleeding footprints attest the immense cost of reform, and show us the long and dreary spaces between the luminous points in the progress of mankind. This is our noblest American hero, must wait the polishing wheels after coming centuries to make his glory more manifest, and his worth more generally acknowledged. Such instances are abundant and familiar. In Jerusalem, Jesus himself was only the carpenter's son, a young man wonderfully destitute of worldly prudence, a pestilent fellow, inexcusably and perpetually interfering in the world's business, upsetting the tables of the money changers, preaching sedition, opposing the good old religion, making himself greater than Abraham, and at the same time keeping company with very low people. But behold the change. He was a great miracle worker of his day, but time has worked for him a greater miracle than all of his miracles. For now his name stands for all that is desirable in government, noble in life, orderly and beautiful in society. That which time has done for other great men of his class, that will time certainly do for John Brown. The brightest gems shine at first with subdued light, and the strongest characters are subject to the same limitations. Hello everyone, Rob here in the Highlands Bunker Studio. Thanks for joining. Happy New Year to everyone. Um, today we have a very uh, interesting piece for you. Uh, we had mentioned the last couple of episodes that the New Year was going to bring uh, some new projects, some new exciting projects, and now we can uh, announce the first one. Uh, last week, I did my first live radio hit on 95.3 WHGE. Um, the Wilmington Independent Radio Station. Um, I was on a, an afternoon show uh, in on on Saturday um, from one to two with Rochelle Wilson. Um, it is going to be a sort of regular commentary for me, I think. Um, so I'll be on uh, probably once a month. 
um, to talk about Wilmington and Delaware politics and just do sort of a commentary there. Um, I think I, I, I think you'll you'll enjoy it. I'm trying to move the same sort of message that we do here in, in the podcast to a just a larger audience and a, and a more diverse audience. Um, so yeah, I, um, I I think I want to uh, share this with you. Um, you can go ahead and listen to it. I I I, I was very keen to read um, Douglas's words uh, on John Brown uh, because I sort of mentioned that. Uh, my feeling about that um, to Rochelle on the show, and I think it's important to continue to remember that um, because it's 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 actually applicable. It's always um, as as Douglas said, and it's and it's acutely applicable today uh, for people who are standing up uh, in the face of um, a lot of pushback and uh, a lot of fear uh, and a lot of propaganda. And, um, yeah, I just think it's, it's extremely important to sort of reassess our perspective on, um, on a lot of that kind of stuff. So, um, so without any further ado, uh, I will, uh, lead into, uh, the, the radio show that I did and, um, we'll be back with you next week for a, another installment of the Highlands Bunker podcast. Um, we have something pretty cool, uh, planned for next week and, uh, a couple big guests coming in, um, later in January. So. Thank you uh, for listening. Thank you for your patronage if you're a patron. If you're not a patron, you know how to do it. Uh, it's patreon.com slash the Highlands Bunker. Um, you know, it's a new year. It's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a new way. So, hey, hit us up. Help us out. Um, so I'll speak to you next week. And uh, until then, left is best. I am your hostess, your journalist, your information or for the next one hour. I am Rochelle Wilson. Thank you so much for chiming in. Thank you even more for allowing me this time into your uh, into your private space, into your radios, everywhere you are. How I thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you so very much. I appreciate this time that we can spend together. In just a moment, I'm gonna bring a really special guest on uh, my new platform. I'm platform, uh, my, excuse me, I am streaming live now on StreamYard. So that's where you'll be able to find me as well as all of my other platforms, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, Facebook, uh, and four different platforms from Spotify to which we are broadcasting now from Spotify. But I really want to bring in uh, a truly, truly professional, uh, a gentleman that knows his business when it comes to politics. And we want to help you as you move into 2024. We want to help you by knowing what it is that you need to be looking out for. All right. Before you push the button and pull the lever, you want to know what you're looking out for. So ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, if you'll just uh, bear with me, I'm going to get Rob Vanella from the Delaware Call, who's going to talk to us and tell us what to look for moving forward into 2024. Just give me one moment. Stay with me. Rob Vanella. Hello, hello. 
Hello. Good. Oh, wonderful. Your mic is working. You're here. You're live. Uh, Thank you very much. That was a very nice, uh, very nice introduction. I really appreciate it. Absolutely, Rob. So we're streaming on all of my various different platforms. Uh, but before you tell us what to look out for, tell us a little bit about who you are, what you do, and why we should trust your analysis on politics. Okay. Um, well, the first one is fairly easy because I'm from uh, here in Wilmington. Uh, I worked at multiple banks over the course of about a 25-year career. And, and then I left that and started a few sort of local media ventures. One uh, is, the, is the Delaware Call, which you mentioned, which I help uh, edit and, and do contribute to. Uh, another one is the Highlands Bunker podcast. Um, it's sort of a niche podcast. We've been doing it for about five years. Um, we've had everyone from the attorney general um, to you know famous academics, but also community organizers and people from right here uh, in Wilmington. Uh, it's uh, patreon.com slash the Highlands Bunker. Got to get that plug in. Yes. Um, <laughs> but um, so that's that's my background. Um, as far as like why people should uh, sort of listen to what I say, I don't know. Um, all I can tell you is like with the, with the podcast I do, I put everything out there. I sort of make an argument through entertainment, but I also make an argument through talking about books I read. And, and I know, you know, I am pretty in tune, as you said, to the, to the political scene. Um, so I just try to be straight with people. And if people uh, sort of take that, I, you know, I'm trying to be genuine. I'm trying to be sincere about what I know and what I think. And um, yeah, you can take it as you, as you would, I guess. <laughs> Well, one thing that I love, uh, the person, our mutual friend that connected us, uh, uh, your friend and mine, Jonathan Tate, we love him so much, uh, connected us thinking it would be a good fit. And I've got to say, so far, I believe that. Uh, you know, I believe as a journalist, it is our duty. And we do take an oath to be transparent, to be honest, to, re to tell the truth, to report the news as we see it uh, without any bias. And so I think uh, I think we're off to a great start. So last night, Rob, I went to the fundraiser for none other than mayoral candidate, uh, Mrs. Velda Jones Potter. Uh, if indeed she is elected, she would be our first black female mayor for the city of Wilmington, right? Bravo. But we also know that, uh, you know, let me let me just come right out and ask you. Rob, who, what governor in the history of America has ever stepped down from the governor's seat to step into the mayor's seat? I think there's something fishy. What am I smelling? Well, yeah, I haven't looked into exactly. I mean, in the history of the country, there has been some weird moves. You know, an ex-president became a, a, a Supreme Court justice. You know, things, things have happened like that. Uh, I don't know of anything quite like this. Um, I, I can tell you, just to be perfectly genuine, I, 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 I'm having trouble deciding whether I'm going to vote for mayor um, because I'm very torn uh, in, in this situation. I think uh, I think Miss Potter has a, a, a certainly a constituency in Wilmington um, that is strong. She's a, a absolutely viable candidate. Um, I, I think a lot of people have different sort of um, views on uh, how she has acted professionally and her family has acted professionally. I think some of those are, are probably legitimate. However, 
if if you're somebody who who looks at Miss Potter and and then has those sort of critiques, I will say this: John Carney uh, is a is a spokesperson for whatever you think the establishment is, what, however you feel about Przicki and development and corporations and the police. This is a continuation of that. Uh, however, however much. Um, public good that you think maybe the potters have gotten over the years i can assure you that the people that john carney works for and with have taken far 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 more of the public good for their own personal gain and moved it into private industry i've seen it happen so it's 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 fairly interesting when people sort of talk about velda in a certain kind of way i think to myself well you know the person coming from dover He's done that tenfold, twentyfold, maybe. So, yeah, that's that's my take on it. I don't support either candidate, and at this point, I'm I will not vote for mayor probably. Well, I'm I'm going to chime in and peel back the layers, and I want you to jump in here uh, for me. Um, so, Belda Jones Potter herself, uh, her record is you know has very few blemishes or or tarnished stains on it. Uh, when we look at Mr. Potter, we might see a few more coffee stains uh, on the white napkin. And so one of the things that I've been faced with talking with folks is who's going to sit in the mayoral seat if she's elected? Will it be her or her husband? I did an interview with her. She said very clearly uh, her husband is in her husband's position and she will be sitting in the seat as the mayoral candidate. Uh, just to peel back another layer, we know that John Carney and Mayor Mike Krasicki, who sidebar hates, absolutely despises Velda Jones Potter, we know that the two of these fellas are, are you know, buddies. They're kind of the good old boys uh, following along the trend. Have I said anything incorrect? No, I think that's exactly I think that's exactly right. I think there is a there is an establishment here in Delaware um, I think a lot of the reasons, honestly, that there is a uh, a distaste for the Potters together or Velda Jones Potter um, is because they uh, do not uh, they do not work within the confines of the Delaware way and of the establishment of the status quo. And so that I actually think is a is a is a check in her favor, uh, because I think everything you said about foundationally, you know, what what the establishment is in the state. Uh, yeah, I mean, John, there's there's no better. There's no better front man. There's no better empty suit uh, in this state to to demonstrate what the Delaware way is about than John Carney. That's absolutely a fact. Wow. And we could go on for another hour about that. <laughs> well, if, 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 if what we want to do uh, here in 2024 uh, happens, we might be going on hours and hours about it. Who knows? Oh, my. My goodness. You make my heart palpitate. <laughs> Uh, so let's talk a little bit about Lieutenant Governor Bethany Hall Long. Uh, as far as I can tell, the record is not blemished. It does not have coffee stains on the white napkin, proverbially to speak. Uh, she's done what is comes natural for Lieutenant Governor to step into the go uh, governor's seat. Uh, and then we have uh, Newcastle County Executive Matt Meyer who is also vying for the seat of the lieutenant governor or for the governor. Uh, you know, and again, we can talk about coffee stains on the white napkins. Like, what do you think about that? 
I, I, I might shock I might shock the world by saying this, but my my opinion of the race is the same as the mayoral race. I, I don't see a lot of difference. I think both of them have establishment ties. Um, I think what people consider blemishes on Myers napkin uh, drips and drabs uh, of of the gravy from, uh, you know, from the turkey uh, on Christmas. Uh, I, I think. I don't consider them quite as as egregious. I think he has done things that have been um, forward looking uh, and helpful. Um, does it does it excite me necessarily to to get out and, and support him in his candidacy? Not really. Um, I think, as you said, I think Bethany Hallong has has been a a, a professional, uh, you know. Lieutenant Governor, whatever that is, I know she runs the uh, she runs the Senate in a, in a fun way. I've seen her do that; that's fun. Um, but uh, you know, I don't. Uh, again, just like John Carney, Bethany Hall Long is a is a is a member of the straight establishment. You're not going to see any great, uh, you know, uh, you're not going to see any great issues taken up. Or, 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 or things that are going to be done. It's all going to be sort of the same that you got with Carney. So, yeah, I don't necessarily have an issue with Bethany Hall Long. I have friends who know her and were a little bit upset about some of the sort of money mistakes that she made with the campaign. And I think people really, they do find that odd because just like you and me, we get calls for people to, you know, want their, wanting our support. And we would want to know that it's not a, um, uh, you know, a weird sort of financial situation that you have over there. So I think that's fair. So I would say that maybe there's some gravy dribbling on her napkin as well, um, <laughs> to be fair. I mean, but um, yeah, I, I, I think the way I look at politics, because I guess I have a little more radical politics than some people, um, if, 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 in, especially in this state, if, if you're in the status quo or, or in the, in the Delaware way or in, in the, you know, in the establishment or establishment adjacent, even establishment adjacent. Um, I don't expect you to do really too much for anybody. Um, so it's it's not something I'm not excited about it. You know, I, I'm not, um, you know, I'm not someone who's going to run out and vote for one or the other because I feel like they're more similar than they're different. And they're similar in a way, you know, you could say a lot of the same things we said about John Carney, for example, about any of these candidates, actually. Yeah. Well, we know, we know, Rob, it's politics as usual on so many various different levels. Uh, I, I was able, I was allowed to, uh, invited to come and uh, cover the story for Bethany Hall Long's fundraiser uh, talking about money. And I've got to tell you, I wouldn't dare say any names as a journalist, but I, I've got to tell you, the room was packed with people who have wallets, uh, just financial capital, right? No. So uh, that's that's what I saw from her, you know, in terms of money and raising money. Uh, what's all the backstory? I'm not sure, but uh, absolutely willing to hear it. <laughs> well, I have to give a shout out to some. There has been some pieces uh, in in the news. Uh, Chris Barish of uh, WHYY wrote a good story just tracking it. Um, you know, you can you can take it sort of like I said about myself, you can take it however you want to take it. But I think it was a very well uh, reported story. And there's been stories in the news journal also sort of about just what's sort of circulating around uh, Bethany Hall Long's financial and campaign situation. Now, again, is that um, do I do I think that that's disqualifying or do I think that that's 
not happening other places and people just either don't know or i mean the the, the board of elections here in delaware is not exactly you know the the fbi uh, right like before people work there you know they're not they're not opening up investigations or anything so who knows what's going on um so yeah i don't think it's just well. something about that as well i think something should be done inspector uh, general we're, there's a movement if afoot in Delaware, and I don't have time to give you all the information now, but I, I just sat uh, through a, a, a great uh, presentation about it. John Kowalko's son is actually helping um, introduce this. But yeah, an, an inspector general with actual sort of not not uh, legal power, but uh, you know bureaucratic inspection power would would help mitigate some of these things that happen because we don't have any mechanisms in place to to check them. Frankly, Delaware so. is such a small state, uh, uh, and and typically we're known as the blue state, right? We, even the the football or whatever team is called the Blue Ends or whatever. So you know, Delaware is very democratic, uh, but there are some benefits to to Republicans. Uh, some of the ideologies as we move forward. Let's talk about our senators uh, and our House representatives. Um, and uh, I want to talk about Lisa Blunt Rochester, uh, who's also, what seat is she vying for again? Where is she going? Well, uh, Rochelle, you're going to get me in trouble here. I know you're just leading me down. You're leading me down a path that I see what's happening, but I'm just going to give it to you straight. <laughs> uh, Lisa Blunt Rochester is um, standing for a Senate seat. Uh, Tom, Tom Carper is retiring. Uh, and I guess, you know, I, I think as Delawareans, we all understand this is not an election. It's a coronation. Um, this will happen. Um, you know, and I understand why it would happen. There's not much I can do about it. But um, whatever whatever sort of establishment corporate politics is played here in Delaware, these are the figures that are playing it on the national level from our state. So, again, um, you know, I don't have much. I don't have a lot of excitement about um, our federal delegation. It's interesting because you said, you know, we're a blue state. Well, we're we're a democratic state uh, as far as a party. Um, I actually don't know what Republicans here have to offer. I've heard a lot of their ideas. They all seem bad. Um, so, but I'm open. I'm I'm willing to learn. You know. Right. Um, uh, so I don't know. I I I think. I think we, we the one thing that I think is important in what you said is that we do have to think outside of this like oh we're the Democrats and we this is what we do because what whatever that is isn't necessarily good number one um, and then if you look for alternatives for example because you sort of realize that or you sort of start to understand that I don't know whether the alternatives are in the other party I think the other party is very similar. I think there are other I think we actually have to get out of that whole sort of idea that these this is this is the limits of what we can do. I think we have to think bigger than that. I I agree with that wholeheartedly. I, I've always both personally and professionally as a journalist, I've always stated, you know, let's not look at the color uh, red and blue. Let's look at the person, the party and find out what it is. What is their agenda? What do you stand for? Uh, and how are you going to truly help the people? Uh, as you know, I probably mentioned to you that, you know, uh, I advocate and I do try to bring as much information as possible to the black voters uh, or black, brown and golden voters, because that's the radio station that I support. So, 
you know, some black folks have gotten to the point where they're saying like, what difference does my vote matter at all anyway? People are gonna do what they're gonna do. What do you think about that, Rob? I think uh, if there are people in the audience saying that, what you're saying, I think they're probably correct. Um, I I actually was out um, doing some canvassing. It's not something I normally do, but I I, I did it one time um, on um, North Market Street and Riverside and just talk to people like I'm a horrible canvasser because I'm not like a campaign politics person. But it was interesting to talk to people and say, hey, you don't vote. You know, why don't you vote? And then they tell you why they don't vote, and it makes perfect sense. They're like, yeah, of course you wouldn't vote. Why would you? Before all of the reasons the we responses? just responses? What did they say to you? I mean, basically, uh, exactly what you said. Um, there's really no difference between the choices that you have. You have sort of, like in Delaware, you have like different Democrats. You know, we were just talking about the mayoral race, the gubernatorial right. race. Yeah, so you have to choose between like what brand of sort of liberal Democrat you want. And when you look back at what liberal Democrats have done to the state in the last 20 years, would somebody, you know, would somebody have the idea that they're going to do anything to help that person or their family or their neighborhood? No, they wouldn't. So yeah, it's, it's, it's a, it's a legit, here's what I'll say. I know people who don't vote, uh, get a lot of, uh, get a lot of heat. I'm one of them. Um, I think that there are very legitimate reasons why you wouldn't vote. I think we just sort of talked about them a little bit. Um, so, yeah, I agree with that. Wow. That's kind of sad, though, really, when you think about it. Uh, you know, our vote is supposed to be the one voice that we, the people, uh, Americans, we, the people have, is our voice. And to be able to stand up, uh, push the button to pull the lever is supposed to be our voice. So if it doesn't matter and if it doesn't count, I mean, where do we go from here? Like, that's so disheartening. <laughs> Great question. Great question, because I actually have an answer for that. Awesome. There's tons of work going on throughout the state. I'll give you an example. Jonathan Tate, our mutual friend, is the yes. co-chair of the Delaware chapter of the Democratic Socialists of America. I don't know what your listeners think about socialism. I don't know what ideas they have. Um, I'd love to dive deeper into that next year. Um, I think they're good ideas, but it's an alternative. He's working with an organization that's supporting um, union membership in the state, that's supporting um, Palestinian rights and anti-war stuff in the state. So there's other things to do. I would say that, yes, if the idea is that your one thing is the vote, and it is an important thing. I'll, I will say that. Um, but if, but it's not just that. If, if, if you lose that, not lose it, but you don't really have a good choice, there are other options. You know, you work with uh, the Working Families Party, for example. Great organization. Network Delaware. Now, I am affiliated, I should say, loosely with all of these organizations just because we all sort of try to work together yes. to push policy to really just to organize people to show them to answer your question to say yeah i know it's really disheartening when you don't really have a good choice to vote well let's work for say five years and see what we can work out if we get more people on this other project so there are there are alternative projects now but i will say you know it's difficult work you know it's it's easy it's sort of easy to say go out every two years for a couple times and push the button 
uh, and try to and try to do it in a in a reasonable way and and a, a, an educated way that you sort of know what you're doing. That's one thing. But, you know, going and organizing people around a particular issue and going down to Dover and, you know, um, trying to run like training programs for people who want to learn how to do this kind of work. It's it's very hard. Um, so that's the trick. Right. Is there is an alternative, um, but the alternative is actually more work. Um, so how do you feel about it? Do you want that? Do you want you know, some of the things that we talk about, like universal health care or something like that? Do right. you want that? Do you want to go work for it? Because they're not, you're not just going to get it. They're not just going to give it to you. Just so, by pushing the button, pulling the lever. That's you what. Know, that's my um, alternative. Yeah. As you stated earlier, as a journalist and personally, I work loosely because I don't want to get too tightly affiliated with any one group and then be considered as biased. Uh, but yes, I'm familiar with all of the organizations that you just spoke of. I've been to meetings and I try to show support and highlight them. Uh, but Network Delaware was actually started by a gentleman by the name of Eugene Young, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, and he's also running for a seat. What what thoughts do we have there? You're really pulling me down every road. Michelle, <laughs> you're killing me. Um I'm going to give you the I'm going to give you the straight stuff because I'm transparent right, I'm I'm to exactly. here because I know you're going to give it to my audience straight. The thing that pulled me into sort of activism, being more active, not just pushing the button and feeling like I know who to push the button for. The 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 reason I changed from the first sort of type of person to the second type of person was Eugene Young and Drew Series. They ran uh, Eugene ran for mayor uh, and that sort of campaign became uh, an organizing effort that Network Delaware was birthed from. I was at the first meeting at the at the Quaker Hill uh, meeting house. I've been affiliated in some fashion, just support or going to training or doing stuff with them for as long as they've been around. I love Eugene. We're very close friends. Um, I have a personal issue with Eugene's decision right now not to differentiate himself from the other two candidates who are running. Um, Sarah McBride, who is my state senator, actually who is also my friend, uh, and uh, and Colleen Davis, who uh, she's been in the studio, sat right where, where I'm sitting, a uh, very lovely uh, woman. Um, but the other thing that's behind me, as you'll see, is, is a flag of, 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 flag of Palestine. And ever since I was a kid, ever since I learned about Mandela, um, ever since I learned about the, the African movement, I, I always knew that apartheid and, and racism could not stand. And I would hope that somebody running for the federal seat in the House, because, you know, the United States pays for all of that, all, all the things that you're seeing, all the atrocities, um, whatever you want to call it. I call it ethnic cleansing. Call it whatever you want. Um, I would hope that one of three candidates for a federal position would take a stand that I think is a stand with Mandela, is a stand with, um, you know, Lumumba, is a stand with Sankara, is a stand with with these African freedom fighters. Um you know, Lovachur in Haiti, like we, these people are heroes. We know in this community, these people are heroes. And so I was hoping that maybe there would be some differentiation, but we're right back where we started, Rochelle. We're right back where we started is that I understand that these three candidates are all sort of positioned within the status quo and in the establishment. And it doesn't excite me to go push a button for any of them. Yeah, I've, I've had the good fortune to interview uh, some of these candidates. Uh, I had not yet have I interviewed Eugene and had a chance to dive in uh, the questions and answers that helped me make conscious decisions. 
but I've spoken with Colleen, I've spoken with Sarah McBride, uh, and uh, I, I tell you again, it's just very, very disheartening. Uh, and, and I wanna bring to your attention before we uh, leave and part, I wanna bring to your attention, you may or may not know, so I'm the mother of a currently, you know, I have a son who's being held captive in a Delaware state prison, which is how I started this whole thing in the first place, right? Lifting my voice <laughs> and somehow I've ended up into wherever it is that I am. Uh, but I'm still advocating for that 15 years later. And I have talked to everyone who alleges to have the power and authority to assist me with my, you know, my concerns. Uh, but that's a big policy for me. Who's going to truly reform this perfectly walking round wheel, right, of the American prison system? Who's going to actually delve in and change it? Because we know, you know, prison for profit, there are millions and millions of dollars on the table. As you reform systems, People are gonna lose paychecks. So talk to me about your thoughts on that as we close. Man, you gave me you're giving me all the all the hot topics. Um <laughs> oh, and we're gonna do this again in January, February, March. We're gonna do it every month. <laughs> uh, about two months ago, uh, there was a gentleman here in the studio, Hassani Perkins, who um he's been out two years, something like that. And he called from his phone an inmate that was in uh, SCI, and we talked through his phone, through these microphones right in here. Uh, I've spoken with, um, well, Timeless Thomas, who we know. Shout out to him because he's been in the studio a couple of times. He's informed my ideas about this. Um, of course, I've spoken to mothers who, um, I think that the, the one that hit me the most uh, was Cherie Congo. Um, who was the victim of a of an Operation Safe Streets jump out uh, because her son was on, I guess he was on probation. I, you'd have to go back into the call and, and read that. But um, I spoke with her. These stories really hit me. Um, and I can tell you that I look at that too because we have, I mean, the one thing we don't have in Delaware is the privatization, which is kind of funny because we privatize everything else. Uh, but we don't really privatize this. We let the state run these torture chambers. And um, I don't I don't feel like people talk about it enough. And I completely agree with you. Something needs to be done about this. And um, and not and, and no none of the none of the big named politicians that we spoke about for the last 20 minutes. None of them seem to be saying anything about it. Yeah, that's the thing that as an advocate, as a mother, as a journalist, it just really. I, I have a temper, right? And so I can lose my whole poise and composure. Uh, you know, it, with a lot of bullshit, it makes me lose my poise and my composure. And I'm, I'm just about at the tip end of my rope uh, in doing that with these elected public servants uh, who are not publicly serving what I consider to be my agenda. And trust me, I know even though there aren't millions of mothers standing next to me, I know there are millions, hundreds of thousands of mothers who are dealing with an issue very similar to mine. Again, I use the word disheartening and, uh, you know, piss me off. 
Yeah, and I think this, wow. these kind of conversations are important because people need to hear that people are thinking about it. So if you see, I mean, you're talking to people who are engaged in this. You're going to events. You're talking to people every week, people who are engaged in it. So I, I just have to say that if more people uh, sort of get this information, you can just go and talk to them and say, demand it. Demand it. Say, we're not voting for you, Matt Meyer, unless you do this or you tell us you're, this is what you're going to do. We can't have uh, half. We can't have mealy mouth half measures or whoever it is. Right. Velda right. Jones Potter. Demand it. Demand yeah. change, Demand that she fix or, or somehow operate the executive branch of the city so that the city council and the executive branch can actually do something together yes. and, and solve a problem instead of just funneling money to private enterprise. I'll tell demand you, it. Rob, demand it. I've been doing this, uh, this journalism thing for maybe seven years now. Uh, and every, every so often I will cry out for mothers and families to join me on the steps of the governor's office and demand justice. And if they stand with me, I'll stand with them. That's right. Uh, and I'm still waiting, you know, can I get 5,000 women? <laughs> can I get 5,000 parents who will stand with me and says, we're not voting you in until you, you know, do these things right here. Uh, I would love that. So any advice? That's a great goal. That's a great goal. <laughs> yeah. So uh, we're going to have you back, and we're going to do this every 30 or so days. We're going to have Rob Vanella. Uh, he's going to come in. He's going to chime in. He's going to tell us what to look for until we get to the very date that it is time to push the button and pull the lever, uh, you know, and make a choice. Who are we going to vote for? Maybe you'll be inspired one way or another to vote for someone and let your voice be heard, uh, even if it's a whisper it's still your voice. So Rob, uh, until we meet again, tell us, uh, you know, if, if there's anything that I should have asked, what, what's your final closing statement? Well, my final closing statement, hopefully, is something that we can look into as we go forward into the year, because there are going to be local races. Um, we're putting together on the podcast, on the Highlands Bunker podcast, uh, we're putting together a, a list of, because we say not to vote, there is an exception list of people right. who we know are stepping up, who we know they want to make demands. They want to work with us to actually not privatize things, uh, but make the public things better for people. Uh, yes. So so I hope we get into that because there's there are going to be people even here in Wilmington. Shout out to you, Brandon Fletcher. We see you. Yes. Brandon Fletcher, I'm so proud of him. Young, fresh, new talent coming. Love that uh, guy. In, that, yeah. In the last three years, he just looks, I mean, well, we'll get into it, but we love Brandon yes. Fletcher. <laughs> Rob, I can't thank you enough for your thoughts, your insights, your political analysis, your savvy. Uh, can't wait to have you back. And uh, we just love you, sweetheart. Thank you so very much. Thank you so much. It's been a ball. I had, I had, a, I had a real blast, and I'm, I'm looking forward to coming back. All right, Rob. Thank you, sweetheart. We'll talk thank to you, you soon. Yeah, cheers, everybody. Bye-bye.